Hello, hello. You are listening to Lyrical Audio Candy Tour. This is your host, Allie Moon. This is where we explore books, poetry, and quotes that please every taste. So, come on, let's go. Literary treats await. Good morning, everybody. It is 9.18 a.m. It is Sunday, April 26, 2020. I thought I would pop in here and just give you a little bit of gardening knowledge. Yeah, this is totally off topic. So normally my podcast is about poetry and quotes, which I will pop in a few of those. I thought I would uh, throw some gardening stuff at you. And also my podcast is usually about sobriety or sober curiosity, etc., which I think is a wonderful topic. Um, but as any person in this life, you're on a journey and, you know, sober curiosity is definitely still something that I do practice. However, I am loosening up those reins and I'll talk about that a little bit in the next few segments, but, uh, yeah, hang tight, get your seeds out. Are you ready to plant? I'll tell you what you should plant right now, according to a very, Scientific method? Well, sort of scientific. (laughs) Hang tight. All right, let's talk about phenology. Well, first, how do you spell it? It's P-H-E-N-O-L-O-G-Y. For those of you that want to maybe YouTube it or Google it a little bit further, basically, it's paying attention to the plants around you to help you guide your annual vegetable planting. So lilacs and daffodils are the two main things you want to look at. Uh, There are other ones that I'll talk about. But right now in spring, lilacs and daffodils are your main players. So phenology, I'll just read a little bit of this article by Dr. Ed Brotek. So for history buffs that enjoy like the history of things. Okay. Phenology is one of the oldest of the environmental sciences. When early man was a hunter-gatherer, there were indications that some kept track of seasonal changes in the local flora and fauna. When man started growing his own food at the start of agriculture, there were records kept, you know, keeping track of what was what was happening and, and if they planted this at this certain time. I'm ad-libbing right now. <laughs> um, things would do better. Uh, just a little history here. Robert Marsham an English naturalist who lived in the 1700s, so this is, you know, relatively old, is considered to be the father of phenology. And he did a 60-year time frame of observation of seasonal and year-to-year changes in plant development. And it wasn't until 1849 that a Belgian botanist, Charles Morin, coined the term phenology to label uh, the science behind the, the seasonal cycles Blah, blah, blah. So, all right, let's talk about what's going on right now. So those of you that have lilacs, I need you to look at the the actual stems and the leaves and the buds. And you need to ask yourself, what's happening? What's happening with that? Well, right now, 
I can tell you <laughs> that my lilacs, um, the leaves are definitely the size of a mouse ear. And that's what you need to look for. So when lilac leaves are the size of a mouse's ear, you need to sow the following. Sow means plant, for those of you that are not gardeners, because I'm sure that you need something to do, right, in this uh, isolation time frame. Okay, sow your peas, your lettuce, and other cool weather crops. So what are cool weather crops? Things like beets, spinach, um, I think you could probably do arugula, radish, broccoli. Um, this is a very interesting point, and it, it's something that just I have pretty much observed. When you get your seed packet and you pour those seeds into your hands, the shape of the seed sometimes tells you what it is. So if you pour um, radish seeds into your hand, they have a very similar appearance to broccoli seeds. Or, well, arugula seeds are super tiny, but they're all circular, which is odd, isn't it? If you think about it. Um, even like, let's see, kale seeds, um, mustard greens, those, they're all round, like little pearls of goodness. <laughs> they differ from um, maybe the warmer crop things such as like cucumbers or um, tomato seeds or whatever. So right now, it's all about the round seeds. I don't know why. I don't know why. It just, that's the way it is. The other flower you need to pay attention to would be the daffodils. And the daffodils are definitely blooming right now. I actually have daffodils and I planted those for a specific reason, not only because they're pretty, but also because I knew phenology wise, it'd be something that I should look for. Let me find this in my little, my little thing. Yeah. So I, I love peas. Okay. So any kind of natural indication of when I should sow my peas, that's what I want. So my lilacs are such that I should sow peas, and another indication would be daffodils. Daffodils begin to bloom, sow your peas. So the, the two go hand in hand. So I feel very confident I've got maybe five or six blooms on my daffodil, and my lilacs are looking, the leaves are the size of a mouse ear. So I'm, I actually sowed my peas last night <laughs> while I was drinking a beer, and you know, for me, gardening goes with, like at nighttime, of course, not like during the day. Gardening goes with sipping on a, a casual sipping of a brew. And I say casual because um, with sober curiosity, you do need to keep all of that in check. You know, right now, because of the COVID, people are really probably pounding down the juice pretty hardcore. There's probably not very much sober curiosity going on right now. Too much pressure, you know. Um, some people have to avoid drinking completely. And I went through a time frame where I, I didn't drink at all. Um, but introducing it back into my life and putting limitations on myself um, and managing that, I feel really successful. So I get 
the both the best of both worlds. I get to enjoy my brew while I sow my peas. And then I wake up the next morning feeling really good because I limited myself. Does that make sense? Okay, on to a few more things. I promised you some poetry, didn't I? This would not be Lyrical Audio Candy Tour without some poetry. I'm going to sneak this in. With all this talk about phonology and lilacs, this one is actually perfect. It is by Sarah Teasdale. The spring is fresh and fearless, and every leaf is new. The world is brimmed with moonlight, the lilac brimmed with dew. Here in the moving shadows, I catch my breath and sing. My heart is fresh and fearless and over brimmed with spring. I want to briefly talk about a few more phonology things you need to look for. So now you've got your P's and your beats. And oh, by the way, beats are not round. They're a very odd shape seed. Anyway, um, so once you've got all your cold weather crops planted, your peas, all that sort of thing, what are the next things you have to look for in nature? And I'm going to read this list, okay? And you can take notes if you want to, or just listen to this again. When the oak leaves are the size of a squirrel's ear, sow corn. How strange, you know, we're looking, we're looking at our plants. It is weird, isn't it? it? But I love it. It's it's so great. It makes you observant of the world around you and gets you off of your phone, gets you into nature. It's so important. It's good for your soul. So when oak leaves are the size of a squirrel's ear, sow your corn. When maple leaves reach full size, sow morning glories. Let's talk about morning glories. There is one morning glory that is an heirloom. And an heirloom means that you plant the seed and every single year it will come back looking the same way. Okay? So some seeds, they reseed and they come back different. You know, like they've cross-pollinated. The bees have been having fun, spreading their genes all over. But there's one called Grandpa Oat, Ot, O-T-T. That's an heirloom morning glory. I don't even have to plant it every year because it self-sows. And it comes back the brilliant purple that I adore every year. One morning glory that I have to always plant, like repetitively, um, because it doesn't, it's not an heirloom. I, I don't believe it's an heirloom because I never have it come back. It's never coming back, ever. Um it's called Heavenly Blue, and I'm sure you've seen them. Maybe your grandma grew them, but it's the largest morning glory that I know of, and it's this, oh, this baby blue color, and on the inside of it, it's white, and if you were looking at it maybe from the side, you'd see the blue, and then it would gradually turn into a white. They're huge. I mean, if you had the heavenly blue right next to the grandpa ought, you would notice a huge difference in size. 
but I love those. And the hummingbirds absolutely love morning glories. So if you want hummingbirds in your yard, plant those. When are you going to plant them? When the maple leaves reach their full size. On to the next one. When apple trees shed their petals, sow corn. So we're watching for the oak leaves and we're watching for the apple trees shedding their petals. Hmm. Okay. I don't, I've tried to grow corn. I have never had success. <laughs> so I pretty much don't grow corn. Um, some people have great success. My sister, you know, growing up, she had some experience gardening and, you know, working in farm fields and things like that. And I tell you, this girl has such a green thumb. I mean, she just has progressed in her gardening. And she really, I mean, her and her husband just amaze me. Like, I always thought I was like this huge, massive gardener, but I think she's might be taking the cake <laughs> from me. Um, okay, dogwood reaches peak bloom, plant tomatoes, and early corn. Unless you have maybe some natural dogwood or an actual dogwood bush in your yard, this is a really hard one to follow. Dogwood would be, like if you're looking in nature, it's the, the bushes that have the red stalks the brilliant red stalks. Maybe you know what I'm talking about, but that one's not really something that I look for. I have lily of the valley in my yard. Um, lily of the valley, when they are blooming, you plant tomatoes. So I'm going to be watching for that. When daylilies begin to bloom, daylilies, oh, there's such a variety of blooming times. That's that's a hard one to look for. So we're all familiar with Stella de Oro. Um, Oreo, or, Oro, yeah, Stella de Oro. You go to Target, what do you see in the parking lot of, you know, their little like sort of gardens in the parking lot at Target? Suddenly you see like these grassy plants with yellow blooms. That's Stella de Oro. So when Stella de Oro is blooming, that's when you plant your tomatoes and your peppers, okay? When bearded, bearded irises bloom, plant your peppers and eggplants. So there's all these, like, depending on what you have in your yard. I have irises. Um, and my irises usually bloom around mid-May. So, you know, mid-May, late May, around there. So, yeah, it, it is true. It's very true. What else? When dandelions bloom, plant spinach, beets, and carrots. Um, I kind of disagree with that a little tiny bit because you actually can plant your spinach and your beets right now. And I don't have one dandelion blooming. Um, that's pretty much all that I want to talk about as far as what to look for, which plants to monitor. Uh, let's talk about life, balancing life in the next segment. I was talking with my husband last night and I said, I feel like I don't even want to go on my podcast because I feel like such a hypocrite, you know, like here I'm like preaching this sober curiosity and sobriety and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I feel like such a hypocrite because I was promoting it so hardcore. He's like, you know, life is about changes. Life is a journey. Just because you're into this one thing now doesn't mean you're going to be into this thing in a year or whatever. And sometimes you need to go through 
the, um, you know, abstaining for a really, really long period of time to really get a grasp of your life and, and figure out what you want to do. And so that's kind of why I'm on here today is I was just kind of feeling like a hypocrite. <laughs> I don't know why. I just was. Um, and really, truly, um, I was just figuring stuff out. And I'm still figuring things out, as I'm sure all of you are figuring things out. But what I want to say is I'm glad I went almost a year without having any alcohol except for maybe three wild nights. I'm glad I did that. I needed to do it. I needed to get a handle on myself. And during that time frame, I actually learned some coping skills. I learned how to function sober, completely sober. And um, now I limit myself. Like I literally limit myself when before... If I was partying, I'd be like, yeah, more, more, more. Yeah, let's keep this party going. No, it's pretty much I have my set, you know, two strong drinks. And I'm like, yep, that's it. I'm going to have my dinner and I'm done. So I can wake up the next day and I feel really, really great. You know, I may not be as sharp as a Disney princess, but I'm pretty darn close. Um, when before, I would keep that party going, keep that party going, blah, 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 blah. I wake up the next day and just feel like utter crap. I don't feel that anymore because I have limitations. So there's all kinds of people in this world. There are people that are sober for six years and then they go back to it. They're sober for a lifetime. They're sober curious and maybe they drink twice a week, you know? So I don't feel like there's a cookie cutter. I don't think everyone is this cookie cutter style person. I feel like I feel like we're all a little bit different and what works for one person may not work for the next. So um, I can tell you that I'm enjoying life. I'm happy. I'm not struggling. Um, I feel pretty great about myself right now at this point. Um, yeah, it's all about balance. Life is about balancing. The naughty with the nice. Yeah, that's what it is. And it relates to food and it relates. And how we're all dynamic. We're ever-changing. It's never, you know, you're working out, you're eating good and like take a picture of yourself and you're like, wow, I look great. And then the next day, you know, like a holiday happens and you're just like binge drinking <laughs> and binge eating and you take a picture of yourself, you know, a day or two later and you're like, whoa, what happened? You know, that's just the way we are. We are ever-changing. So we're butterflies. That's what we are. All right. Enjoy your Sunday. And I'm going to enjoy my Sunday outside, most likely raking some more. All right. Have a good one. Bye. I forgot to sneak this one in. You thought I was gone, didn't you? <laughs> this is a butterfly. Um, I don't know if it's really a poem. It's just kind of a little thingy thing. Um, it's on Pinterest. 
and it's from Your Animal Spirit Guide for June 19th, The Butterfly, Witches of the Craft. Anyway, it's entitled The Butterfly. The butterfly is the symbol of metamorphosis and transformation, the symbol of new life, letting go of old cycles and finding your true inner expression. The butterfly calls to you, expand your awareness, spread your wings, and call forth your inner joy. Let go of limitations and free yourself to express your own beauty within. It is the time of spiritual transitions, symbolic of moving from one phase of life to the next, reaching higher, reaching outward, leaving the safety of the cocoon and finding your own place among the flowers of life, allowing the wind to carry you forward to your goals and dreams, a time of self-discovery, rebirth, the butterfly shows you the beauty within.